G'day and welcome to the Beyond the Message podcast. It is Christmas. We're in part two and we are so excited for this episode. My name is Lockie. I'm the host of this experience and my job is to help everyone in the Beyond community and even more broader than that to grow their faith throughout the week. We think there's 167 awesome opportunities outside of a Sunday's hour to do so and we're going to help you to do that. And today, we're talking about how you can embrace the solution that Jesus offers. Chris and I are going to chat about what Christmas actually means and what the good news really is for our lives here today in 2020. So listen in, lean in. We really want to encourage you to get the most out of this episode. Merry Christmas, Christopher. I'm going to start every single episode of this series in that way because it should. is Christmas. And Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. It is. What's that song? Pretty sure that's exactly what it is. It is. It's the most wonderful time. Wow. Why don't you sing? Why don't you sing uh, at a beyond? Well, no, because I can't. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just heard some... Yeah. A little bit of, little bit of baritone. <laughs> that's good. Well, Christmas, hey? What's Santa bringing you this year, Chris? I have a few things. What do you reckon? I, I really hope... Well... I have the inside line with Santa that Santa's going to bring me a new little cycling jersey. Oh, nice. Cool. But the rest of it, I kind of just let Santa figure out on his own. Santa figures it out. Yeah. What about you? Do you know what Santa's bringing you? Uh, Literally no idea. I don't. It's just not. um, Yeah. Maybe I'll give you my inside line to Santa at some point. Thank you. I mean, if you have a spare cycling jersey. Just kidding. That sounds really average. Sorry, Chris. (laughs) Just can't. I can't even play it off as if that's a cool gift. I'm like, that is the worst. (laughs) What's wrong with a cycling jersey? I don't know. Just it's just not ticking any. Do you want to know something? Do you want to know something great? I do. I really do. Speaking of cycling jerseys and Christmas, because you bought it up. We there's a few of us. Anyone who follows me on Instagram knows that Monday Fun Day. Monday Fun Day, and there's a squad. We actually have ugly Christmas cycling jerseys. Mm. So that's cool. As soon as December hits, Monday Fun Day is going to be ugly Christmas cycling day. Wow. I didn't realize you had a way to redeem the uh, Christmas jerseys for Christmas. Christmas sorry, cycling jerseys for Christmas. You but don't. I do. Very good. Well, this week on the potty, I'm actually very excited because. We have a full Monday, so that makes my job a lot easier because we're going to talk about the full Monday because uh, part one did not have one. But this week, our full Monday is to embrace the solution Jesus offers. Mm. Um, I'm excited to talk about it. Hey. Yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit ambiguous if you weren't. It's a bit mysterious if you weren't there. It is. And I'm still a bit, uh, it's still a bit mysterious to me. So uh, my questions are all pointing in the direction to to talk about this, to unpack it and mm. to work out what it means. And um, just a spoiler question four of our four Monday series of questions is how can I embrace the solution that Jesus offers? So we do spell it out um, or we're looking forward to spelling it out for you. Mm. How does that sound CP ready to get? Um, I'm so excited to get into it. Hey, let's dive in. Let's get going with this Christmas episode. Um, Chris, how does Jesus's goodness make up for my lack of goodness this is just one of those classic like how does this jesus thing work and and what does it even mean yeah and it's a great question because i in our culture a lot there's this real kind of well i don't i don't really need a savior what do i need saving from like 
you know, I'm independent. I got money. I got a house. I got a car. I got a roof over my head. You know, I don't, I've got a I don't, new cycling jersey. I got a new cycling jersey. You know, whatever it is, like a lot of us think that, hey, I really don't need saving from anything, and 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 I'm not going to put myself in a position where I need to be saved. And the reality is, when it comes to life in general, is that we talked about on the weekend this idea that there's there's a set of universal orts. Like there are some things that we just kind of know intuitively we ought to do and some things we know ah, we really ought not to do. And for people who kind of poo-poo this idea and say, ah, oh, no, 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 it's not, that's not really a thing. I think we can see it when it's flipped on us. And when it's flipped on us, what I mean by that is, is you ever notice how liars don't like being lied to? And I do, I do. Know. Yeah. And cheaters hate being cheated on. Yeah. Cheated on like, yeah. Don't. Yeah. And so, so there's this thing within us that's kind of like, well, no, 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 those things don't exist. But oh, when someone does it to me, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to grab this universal thing that I don't want to apply to myself, but I want to apply it to a bunch of other people. And I want to say that they should live to a standard, even though I'm going to say that doesn't exist. And, and I really kind of, and it wasn't intentional. So if you were at the message and you were, you were listening to it and you felt this way, I really do apologize because I said in the message, it's not my intention. But I think one of the challenges is that a lot of people don't do guilt and they don't do shame. And so they kind of resist Christianity because oh, I don't do guilt because, um, because I, I don't feel guilty and I don't want to feel, Christianity makes me feel guilty and I don't want that. But what's so interesting is that people who don't do guilt are adamant of the guilt of others. You know, people who are like, oh, no, 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 I'm not, I, don't want, I don't want you to make me feel guilty. I don't want you to put that on me. They are the first people often to point out and say, you know what? Like what's happening with certain issues or what's happening when you did that to me, you're guilty. Like you're, you're so guilty and, and you need to be held accountable to that, but they don't like to do it to themselves. So I think just the first thing is to recognize that there is a standard in some way that even if we don't believe it exists and we say we don't, we act as if it does. There's like this universal set of orts outside of us mm that we definitely hold other people accountable to whether or not we hold ourselves accountable to that or not. Yeah. So not even like part of the church or just religion, just it's out. It exists. It just, it just exists. And, and most cultural anthropologists will say that's pretty consistent across, um, across the world that like most cultures there's a core set of beliefs or, or things that um, morality that um, typically they hold to be true. And we know this, like cultures work better when people don't kill each other. Cultures work better when you don't steal stuff from everyone. Um, cultures work better when everyone doesn't lie. Um, like Cultures also work better when everyone wears their Monday fun day Christmas sweater. They do. Their Christmas cycling jersey. It does. It's, just, it's just the way, it's just the way it works. It is. And so all, all I wanted to do in that first part was just, just highlight the fact that there seems to be a standard that we're so, so willing to hold other people to, but it's a standard that we fall short of ourselves. And so we set the standard, but then we, um, then we fall short of it. And so if, if we fall short of the own, our standard that we set for ourselves, then if God exists, we definitely fall short of the standard that he sets. And so how does Jesus's goodness make up for my lack of goodness? Well, I mean, without running too much into, um, into question two, um, 
re- really what Jesus seeks to do is, um, is to create a way to help us to deal with um, our past and our present and our future. Because uh, often what we'll say when we, you know, when we mess up or we, we don't meet our standards, we'll say, I made a mistake. And sometimes that's true, but sometimes it's also not true uh, because I've never seen someone make a premeditated mistake. <laughs> you know, well, I think if you're talking about universal things that are just true because of the universe and no reason, no particular faith, I'm willing to bet um, all that I have to say that everyone at some stage has done things they're not proud of. They've, yeah. they've made decisions that haven't, that haven't been overly positive for them or their family or their husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And so again, taking this kind of universal approach is that, well, you know, you have to assume that there's this lack, this, yeah, there's something lacking in everyone that, that there's things that they wish they didn't do or haven't said, or uh, wish there's no, no one's living in this perfection, right? Mm. Mm, that's true. And, and the problem when that happens is, is saying sorry doesn't fix the past and promising you won't do it again still doesn't fix the past. And the, and the best way I can think to illustrate it is kind of like a car accident. You know, if someone rear ends you, rear ends your car and you get out and the first thing they might say is, I'm so sorry, I miss that. And you're thinking to yourself, yeah, great. You're sorry. It doesn't fix the fact that my car now doesn't have like a boot, like <laughs> big crash. Yeah. And so promising to do better, saying sorry, working ourselves up, it doesn't actually, it doesn't actually fix what's happened. And so Jesus's life, and as we're going to look at in the next few questions, Jesus's goodness actually doesn't just say, Hey, from now on you're good and give you a push in the right direction it actually says, I've done something with this past as well. Mm. That's so cool. And again, on, on Sunday, you've invited us to embrace the solution that Jesus offers. Mm. Um, really simply, what solution does Jesus offer? Yeah. Well, Jesus, Jesus essentially says, welcome home. Jesus, the solution that Jesus offers is, is to say, hey, we all have something in common. And the thing we have in common is that we fall short, but we've all been invited through the life of Jesus back to a relationship and back to a connection with God. Because what Jesus followers would say, and what I would say is that these universal oughts that we hold others accountable to at the very least, <clears throat> there doesn't seem to me anyway, and I'm happy for people to jump in my DMS or to, to drop us a line on our webpage and and talk about this further, but there doesn't seem to me to be any, any atheistic or any naturalistic explanation for a universal set of oughts. Um, Even if evolution is designed for survival of the fittest, well, morality Morality then has nothing to do with good. Morality is just based on survival. So it's not good. It's not bad. It's just neutral based on survival. But it seems with these things, we think there are some things that are good. And there are some things that are bad. And a good you know, example of that is it's kind of like ice cream. You know, people have favorite flavors of ice cream. If, if evolution is just sought on survival of the fittest, then effectively um, our moral choices become ice cream preferences. You know, you might like some more than, than others, but at the end of the day, you're not going to say someone's choice is morally wrong. 
Whereas the way we behave, it's as if there are some things in the world that are like, no, 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 no. Those are always wrong. Those are, those are, it's not like they're just a different flavor of ice cream. It's like, no, you, there's a moral obligation like, for you not to do that. It's like boysenberry. No one likes boysenberry. <laughs> do you like what you, I'm trying to pick a flavor of ice cream. It's like yeah. rainbow flavored. No one's going to pick a rainbow. And just listed. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Oh, Sorry, Chris. It's clear. It's clearly <laughs> to know where you sit on the ice cream spectrum. Um, but yeah, so, so there seems to be something that is, is actually it, these, the way we live, these moral universal orts are not just preferences. There actually seem to be things that we all agree are right and wrong. Like the black lives matter movement this year, people looked at racism and they say, you know what? That is actually wrong. It's not that it's a preference. It's actually morally wrong to treat someone differently because of the color of their skin. And, um, and so what Jesus seeks to do is Jesus seeks to, well, well, when someone does do something wrong or falls short of that standard, how do we get back to God? Because if, if God is perfection, and if God is all good and all loving, then when we break that standard of perfection, it doesn't matter what we do from that point forward. We can't ever get back to perfect. There's always going to be a gap. And so Paul talks about in Romans that God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous through the death and resurrection of Jesus. And it's through Jesus's death where Jesus, who is the epitome of good, takes on himself all of our ungoodness. And Paul actually says it's really powerful in another letter in the new Testament that Jesus actually became our, all of our ungoodness, all of our imperfections in order that we could have a way back to God. So Jesus takes all this ungoodness on himself and through his death and his resurrection pays the sacrifice that is necessary for us to be connected to God. So that when, um, so that we can come to God through Jesus, through his life and through his death and through his resurrection. Yeah. And you just mentioned there at the end, we can come to Jesus. Mm. So lastly, how can I embrace the solution? Like, do I get a ticket? Um, you know, oh, the other day I went to the Nike DFO. Yeah. And um, like, you know how you have to line up to these, um, these places. Oh like, yeah. Cause it was store in, limits and stuff. Store yep. limits. This one, you had to line up outside the DFO and then go in and then line up outside Nike. And I was like, no one told me what to do. And I was just getting pushed around. Like, and, and you know, like it was just this moment of like, I want to get into the Nike store, but like, I just can't, I just want to buy some shoes. But yep. What's the process here? And yep. that's more often than not, like when people are talking about faith, you're like, cool. I agree that I don't have goodness in my life or that there's a lack of goodness. Okay. I sure Jesus might have the good things to offer and he, he might be able to take it, but what the heck do I do? Um, yeah. So we want to really practically answer for you. How do, what do I do to get in? What's the process? Do I need to line up outside? Do I need to go get a ticket? Do I need to touch my nose and then my toes 10 times? What, yeah. what's, what do I do? <clears throat> well, you, first of all, you got to go get three goats and <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> and then to be part of beyond, you have to have a Chicago Bulls flat cap and drink told you so. Yes. Um, <clears throat> no, it really what Jesus and, and you notice it over and over again, when Jesus invites people to embrace the solution that he offers, really what Jesus invites them to do is he, is he says it over and over again in the gospels. He says, follow me, 
follow me, follow me, Peter, and together we'll do something significant in the world. Follow me, Paul, follow me, John, and we'll do something significant in the world together. And, and on the weekend, um, in the message, I, I did pray a prayer. Um, I don't think praying the prayer makes like, I don't think praying a prayer makes it the way that you embrace the solution. I just think that sometimes it's helpful for us at certain pivotal moments in life to place stakes in the ground of things that we, we want to step into. Um, and you know, it's, it's similar to marriage, you know, like I know, um, I had the privilege of hanging out with you and Molly on your wedding day. And sometimes it's good on, on significant moments to just place a stake in the ground and say, Hey, this is something important. Uh, this is something worthwhile. And so we're going to commemorate that. And so, um, I, I prayed a prayer on the weekend, uh, for people who were embracing this solution for the first time, or maybe re-embracing it. If you're a Jesus follower, I still think you, we need to embrace the solution Jesus offers us daily. And so embracing this solution becomes more of a lifelong journey of molding our lives around the lifestyle and the teachings of Jesus. Yeah. I'm like full stop, right? There's a full stop there Yeah, because people are going to try and complicate it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I'm actually going to tag a song in the show notes because there's a song called the simple gospel and it just is great. And it just talks about how, like how the gospel is so simple and lay down all the religion just to make way for this simple gospel. Um, so I'll tag that in, have a listen to it. It's, it means so much to me, but really like, that's it. What, what were the two things like embrace the lifestyle and the teaching of Jesus? Yeah. I just embrace the lifestyle and the teachings of Jesus. Like It's pretty simple. That's, that's pretty simple. Um, so if that's the first time you've ever heard what, what it looks like to follow Jesus, like it is that simple. We just want to let you know, we, we don't believe we've got it wrong. Like we, we, we truly believe we feel that that's, that's what it is for us. Um, so wherever you, else you've got your information from, that might be true. That that's up to them. But we think that's enough. Yeah. I think it's, that's what Jesus invited his first followers to do. It was to follow him. And it's, it's through following Jesus. And again, you might hear that and you think, Oh man, I got to do all this stuff. No, no, no. Just follow Jesus right where you're at. Just follow Jesus right where you're at. Um, and, and through following Jesus, you'll learn. And if you don't know the best way to do that, I think the best way to do that is to um, be connected in a local church, jump in a group, um, get in a connect group Lockie. maybe even throw a link to those in the show notes maybe for people i think the best a lot of linking to... today a lot of linking but we're good <laughs> yeah get getting um getting a community of people who are following jesus and uh and learn from people who are a little bit further down the road than you yeah that's so good let's round out this show let's round out this really awesome episode with some pithy answers some sh- mm. short shareable responses that i will also tag in the description so you can copy and paste that right into your favorite social media or your your background for your phone whatever you want to do with that to remember this conversation we've had and remember that um that we can embrace the solution that jesus offers chris what do you got for us today yeah it's good news because we're not all that good gee that's good And uh, today I'm going to say you can never be too broken for a relationship with Jesus. On that note, we've got a lot coming your way still for this year, even though it's somewhere in the middle of December. Um, And we can't wait to just continue with part three of the Christmas series next week. And then our Christmas Eve service, which you are invited to 
Griffin oh, State no. School. How, are we doing Christmas online as well? Ah, doing Christmas. Oh, online. gee, that's gee, that's good. See, I've got nothing to do with the online stuff. I, I just kind of, I'm just kind of watching and, and in awe of the awesome job that everyone's doing. So, so much. Yeah, we got Christmas Eve in person, Christmas Day online, and then the 27th online. No in person on December 27th. It's online. Cool. And then we'll come on wait. There we are. Too good. Well, we will catch you next week for Beyond the Message, Chris. Merry Christmas. A merry, merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you too, Lock. And uh, to all our listeners. <laughs> no, not to the listeners. Just to you, Chris. Just to you. <laughs> all right. We will catch you next week, hey? See you, mate. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to the Beyond the Message podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and got some value from it. Please come back for part three of the Christmas series as we round out what it looks like to follow Jesus this Christmas season.